Hi, before we get started on the podcast today, I want to let you know that there's a virtual Listen to My Life group starting September 10th that you can join in on. It is a fantastic experience. You'll be led through by myself, Sharon Swing, along with co-author Sybil Towner and our Director of Facilitator Development, Joan Kelly. And you'll be joined by people from all over the country or all over the world, um, going through Listen to My Life together. You'll find out more information at onelifemaps.com. That's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. We're also doing another facilitator certification workshop in the Chicago area in mid-November. You'll find out more information on the website at onelifemaps.com as well. We sure hope you'll join us. It's a fantastic experience. Now, here's the podcast for today. Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing. Greetings. I am so glad you chose to listen today because I have with me not only Joan Kelly, who is our Director of Facilitator Development for Listen to My Life. Hi, everybody. And I also... We're, we're just so excited to have Linda Hayner with us today, who is the director of Abiding Hope Ministries in Minnesota. And she's a Listen to My Life facilitator and a spiritual director, um, primarily does all kinds of good things. We'll ask her a little bit about that ministry. But today you're going to find out a little bit about this. I just love Abiding Hope because that just is such... A good description, good description of who Linda is. So say hi, Linda. Hi, everybody. Oh, I am so glad you're here. So, you know, Linda, we also we often start out with a question about um, an early remembrance of desire for God or an experience of God. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I always remember knowing Jesus and loving him, going to church as a family, being involved. That was kind of the hub of our, our family life. But when I finished my years of going to confirmation instruction, I knew when I died I'd go to heaven. I believed in Jesus, loved him with all of my heart. But I had one question that just stuck in the back of my head, and it was, so what? In, in, in the idea of what does this have to do with everyday life? I didn't, I didn't see the connection, and I wanted to know, what does Jesus have to do with right now? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have spent the rest of my life unfolding that for myself and then for everybody else that I meet, too. It's like, he has everything to do with right now. Don't miss it. Oh, that is such a good way to start what we're going to be talking about today. Linda has a unique expression of what uh, of listen to my life because she serves in a prison ministry under prison fellowship at Shakopee, um, in Minnesota. So tell us how you ended up in prison. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's well, a good question. <laughs> I was invited by a co-worker, uh, a colleague of mine that took a position there, and she said, you know, would you consider coming to prison? I thought, sure, I can do that for a day or whatever. But she had a much bigger vision. And I had talked with her some about the Listen to My Life maps, and she was kind of wondering, like, hmm, 
I think there's a way that we can use these here. And so she invited me in. And then in a couple of weeks, you know, she was like, I think we need to start these here. And I said, well, I'm going to be gone for a month thinking maybe next year we'll start. She said, oh, no, we'll start when you get back. And so I started going in and meeting with the women. And I very quickly discovered I have to get them ready to do the maps. Like it's, it's too big a shock to just start. And so learning about reading God's word is a love letter, learning about using our imaginations and slowing down when we're reading God's word, introducing them to stories of Jesus and women so that they would realize his kindness and his love and that Jesus is the exact representation of God. Um, and then that I wanted them to learn spiritual practices of ways to enter into God's presence. And we know also that those kind of restorative practices of quieting and all are very important to women that have gone through trauma. <clears throat> so all these different pieces just began to come together. And it, it, it felt like God was just taking bits and pieces from all of my life and all the different experiences and training. And I was like, this story fits here, this one, or this practice fits here. And it just began to fit together. The, um, <clears throat> the surprising thing is I had never, ever considered prison um, or, or, or felt drawn in that way at all. But once I went, went inside and met with the women, it was like, it felt like home. Mm. So it was astounding. You know, so I think we probably need to back up just a little bit and give a little bit of a picture of what Shakopee looks like because it's it's a it's a women's prison yes and i've been there to visit and mm. and there's multiple buildings and they have um if i remember correctly they they call them restorative pods so every people are involved in in different kinds of 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 programs um whether that be addiction recovery or getting their ged or parenting or <laughs> job training and all these different kinds of things but they can apply to be a part of this Prison Fellowship Academy. And under Prison Fellowship Academy, there are several different pieces of curriculum that happen for two hours a day, five days a week. Yes. And there's a different piece of curriculum each day of the week, and there are semesters. So just like a like a school curriculum would be. Mm -hmm. And um, so you have two hours... Each Friday for maps class. That's what that's what they that's call what it. it's called. So maps class. To my life is, is maps, class. maps class, and so people map their life stories on these visual life mapping materials, and um, learn how to share their stories. So there's a little bit of a structure to how you do what you do in terms of the pattern. So just walk us through real quick what that looks like before we get to some of the stories. Okay, so the first quarter that women are in a, in this program. We don't do maps. We've learned that they just need some more time to become a cohesive group and learn some things. Uh, so then we have them for three more quarters. And uh, a typical class will involve some aspect of the maps, 
either being introduced to them, and we have them begin writing on their map with each of the questions as we go through it. Uh, then another week would involve sharing their maps in trios. And then another week would be, after that, would be discussing in small groups and in the large group uh, how this impacted them, what they discovered about themselves, what they discovered about God, what they're going to take with them from this map. So, for instance, in map one, my life now, when we asked what kinds of things they'd take with them when we had finished it, some were, um, this is a new beginning. Hmm. Uh, another one was, take a life inventory. Another was, um, God is God is doing something. And so, they're, you know, they're looking beyond... Um, Another question with the with my life now map, we asked them is, if your map was found a hundred years from now, <laughs> is there any indication on your map that you are in prison? And why would that be important? So we have tons of questions to ask, just related to their environment, their life, their situations, of what does this have to do with you right now? And it takes time because the women that are there are not used to noticing or reflecting mm -hmm. or um, critically thinking about things. And so it takes time. But over the nine months, it's amazing to see how their capacity to notice things in themselves, notice about God, um, and see changes in themselves and one another. That's great. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about, I'm just curious about that question you asked them about the, if you found these maps a hundred years from now, like tell me a few of their responses. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I don't want to go on until we hit that. <laughs> well, well, some, some did have it on their map, but this is, this is one of the things as a, as the, we have co-leaders and so we sit in on a trio Okay, And it was in the trio that I was listening to, none of them said anything about being in prison. So I'm thinking, we have to talk about this in the large group. You know, uh -huh. what, is, what is this going to do? And some of them just hadn't thought about it. You know, they just hadn't identified in that way. Some didn't so much want to recognize that. Yeah, and And others... Yeah, I was on there. No big deal. Um, but the the discussion about it is, if it's not on your map, you could very well return here mm -hmm. because you haven't acknowledged that this is where you are. Mm -hmm. So just that one question can go in many, many different directions. So, I mean, you're really teaching them that looking at their story, at their narrative is, is a life skill. It's a, it's a spiritual mm -hmm. practice that yes. they will use for the rest of their life. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, and listening, I'm sure listening is a, is a key part of this for them, especially yes. of learning how to listen. And it's so hard at the beginning. I mean, for any of us that have used the maps, it's, it's awkward when you're first doing this. Yep. Well, <laughs> awkward is not the word there. It's, it's like, ah, I can't. Torturous. It's torturous, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then we say, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, and we know that, and just 
hang with us and it's going to get better. Yeah. And then, I mean, I've got a few comments from the women about what did you learn um, as you were listening? And they said, it's so freeing that I don't have to have answers. Mm-hmm. And, and just to be listened to without anybody fixing me. So, I mean, in that way, it's, it's not a big difference between being inside a prison or outside of the prison. You know, just creating safe spaces for people's souls to come out of hiding is how we yeah. normally put it. And that's the same thing. But in, in, a, in, in an incarceration situation, I would think the emotional safety level would be incredibly low Yes, in average. It's very difficult to trust anybody. And here it is that you're creating a circumstance where there just might be the hope of a safe place to tell your story. Yes. That's just, I mean, there's this beautiful invitation in the midst of that to learn how to be a trustworthy person with someone else's story and also understand what the benefit of receiving a gift of a trustworthy person to listen Mm -hmm. in the midst of it, too. Hmm. What other kinds of comments do do the women make about what they learn? Um, here's one one of our at the end of the course we have a, an evaluation by the women of the different aspects. So this question is: In what ways do I notice myself changing since I began the maps class? So one woman says, "I hated the maps when I first started." Because it made me look at things and feel things. Through this pain, I'm happier and more at peace. The maps forced me to open up and start to trust my classmates. Forgiveness came. Hmm. Hmm. And another woman said, uh, I'm ready to let go of my past and look forward and not dwell on all the horrible things I've been through. Another one said, I can connect hurt moments with good memories and not want to shut out my childhood completely. These are huge things. The women have dealt with lots of trauma and violence, and they are so courageous to look at their life. They are. I mean, as you read those, Linda, and I've read those when you sent some of those along, I just try to put myself in their shoes and think about saying that being in that place and it just it brings me to tears that they're able to get to these places yeah the 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 visit that i made for that day um was so significant to me in a lot of different ways but one of the things i had not considered was um was the issue of sexual abuse and when we had kind of the debrief time at the end and, and, and I got to ask, well, do you think these Listen to My Life materials would be useful to other people that are incarcerated? And somebody said, well, they'd be useful to anybody, you know, <laughs> like, of course, you know, and was one of them. But then she, and, and asked more questions about, um, well, what was, what was most significant to you about this experience? And one of the women said, Well, I was listening to someone's story, and she told me uh, a story about 
um, some sexual abuse that she had endured as a, as a child. And I realized that that's what had happened to me, that what they did to me and what they, what they told me that was normal. And I believed them. And so that was the first time I realized that what had been done to me was wrong and it was not my fault. Mm. And, and, just the sharing of those stories. And then in the midst of that conversation, I said, well, then I shared that in the larger group debrief, that that's what I had realized after listening to this story. And then everybody around the table acknowledged that they had been sexually abused too. And so here are a bunch of women who are incarcerated and 100% of them had been sexually abused as children. And you think, okay, is there is there a correlation here? <laughs> you know, the yeah. kind of trauma that these women have endured and the hope that they can actually come to prison f- and find healing of some sort. Like how th- this is such significant work that you do mm. in the midst of this. And, and I just, I, I remember sitting knee to knee with, with, with two women who could have been anybody in any Bible study I've ever been a part of. Um, and one of them was, they were comparing their, my life now map from nine months before to that point in time. And they had done a second, my life now map. And she said, part of the, what she said was, I'm just so grateful I got to come here. And I thought she's so grateful she got to come to prison. Right. And it wasn't that way when she started you know, but then they see the life change that happens, the potential. And I mean, and how many and how few prisons have any place that within the prison where there's a hope of that kind of healing Yeah, is just, you know, just that, that this could be something that prisons could be a place where people actually get healing and restored so that their lives are different. And then, you know, you talk about people returning to prison and the reads of all of that and, and all it's just this is this is this is a way of thinking about these people and, and remembering the prisoners and 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 Jesus, what he tells us about remembering prisoners. I mean, this is just such a significant opportunity. It is. It is. And it's amazing how God works within the parameters when we're there. So our only contact with the women is in that two-hour time period. Um, and there's a break, and it's the break always has to be at the same time. So we need to be right in the middle of, a, you know, we can't be in the middle of something when we're taking a break. Um, but there are announcements going on all the time. Hmm. So that's kind of the background noise that's going on. And there are guards that come through periodically just to check the rooms. And this that's going on. And we're having these very important conversations. And yet they happen. It's like those God just kind of muffles those things so that the women can talk and can be heard. Um, and then as the women learn and grow... And they try different things. We have a part of the class now that's called an invitation. At the end of each class, we give an invitation for whoever would like to accept it to 
say either a Bible verse or a phrase out loud every day for the next week and then come back and tell us about it. So it might be, I am fearfully and wonderfully made or Jesus set me free or something like that. And they come back. And so our our hope is that what they share about what did you notice when you said that? How was your week different at all? How, how were you different as a result of that? We're hoping that as they share those things, it will multiply within the room and then others will say, oh, I want to I want to try one of those invitations. Mm-hmm. Um, and by making it an invitation, you know, some ex- invitations you accept and some you don't. It's optional, but it's kind of like if if you'd like to grow a little more, mm-hmm. you can try this. Mm-hmm. And they're simple. Very simple. But they're really reframing <clears throat> some things that they've believed about themselves or they've believed about God because of the many you know, traumas and things mm-hmm. that have happened to them. I mean, you're, you're reframing some pretty profound things that yes. are embedded very deeply. Right. And we talk with them about how our brain works and, you know, building new neural pathways and this is how they can do it. But I think one of the most amazing things when they get to the end, really the whole MAPS class is all spiritual practices. But we don't use that word until we get to MAPS 7. Hmm. Keeping close to Jesus. Yeah. Because they don't need to know what the word is, but they already have, oh, that's what we're talking about in this map. We know all about that. Yeah. And map seven is called Life Giving Rhythms. Yeah. And um, all the things that kind of, yeah, because if you call them spiritual disciplines at the beginning, that's not, that's not really going to work very well. No. Hmm. So, what other kinds of stories do you want to share? Hmm. Well, I remember one one story. Um, I love the aha moments. Um, oftentimes, the women don't have any memory of God in their life. And then, over time, as they're doing the maps, there might be an aha. And so, one woman had been in a very serious accident and apparently had to learn to walk again. Um, and she was training so that she could get into boot camp, which um, is very strenuous, very active and all. And one day in the class, she said, God healed me. I never knew that before. He was there when I had the accident and in all the learning to walk again. This changed her story. Hmm. You know, she wasn't alone and abandoned. God was there with her. And um, one time I asked, it, it was with Map 5, reviewing my days. And so as kind of a review for the week to, to lead into more discussion, I asked, so how do, what's one way you noticed God in your life this week? And one woman started talking about how she suddenly realized that when she had been in a very abusive situation and she escaped with her little boy, that there's no reason why she should have gotten out of there, that she shouldn't have. But somehow God worked it out. 
and she could somehow see his hand in that. Well, she talked for like 10 minutes. We just set aside what we were going to do because to hear this story and hear it firsthand and for everyone to have this sense of God is doing something right, right. now as she's telling this part of her story. Um, and then it, it, it's, it's about us becoming awake to it. Yeah, and a that, new that awareness. When we talk about recognizing and responding to God, this is what we're talking about. When we listen to the stories of others, we start to reconsider our own story and how we, what we've missed yeah. in, along the way. Oh, that's so It just feels, <clears throat> feels like little light switches going on, like all around the room, like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I never thought of that. Well, uh-huh, that's true uh-huh. for her, right? it could be true for me too. Yeah, right? yeah. And other, um, other women have noticed um, how important a family member was that they hadn't realized, and often it's a grandparent, or often... Sometimes, um, after a grandparent dies, their life changes mm. radically. And, you know, things get hard. So, after they've done, like, the My my Life story map, and we divide it between childhood and adulthood because it's too much to take in, then we ask them, can you, can you notice on your map any turning points? And, and help them to identify and name those turning points. And then they begin to get understanding about what happened after that, either, either for good or for bad. And, and we also, um, within the large group, we invite them at a different time uh, to share um, who's a person who had a positive impact on you in childhood and how did they do that. And they have maybe... One minute to share this. But again, it spurs other people to start thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and for some it was a teacher or it might have been an employer or it might have been a family member. But the, the sharing of those things, it's like it awakens, that God uses it to awaken them to some things in their own story. You know, I just love the fact that when we hear those stories, we get to consider what kind of person we want to be and that we're capable of passing on the good that's come our way and to, to be that for someone else. I mean, just I just love how in all settings, it, you don't have to be in prison to get these kind of benefits no. from, from doing this kind of work. Um, it just happens to be that these redemption stories are more dramatic sometimes. Yes. Um, no more profound no more miraculous. I think, I think though, that, that being in prison, and, and this would be true for the MAPS team. So there are seven other leaders now that I've trained to be part of the MAPS team so that we're teaching as co-leaders, facilitating as co-leaders. Um, because the women are pretty much at rock bottom in prison, it's like we can watch the transformation happen. All, all other kinds of stuff is stripped away. And we can see it in their eyes or in their faces over time that, like, something happened. Um, which, it, it, for some reason, I guess it's the busyness of life on the outside. It's it's not as readily noticeable. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of, you know, sometimes we'll talk about our, lis- our listening guidelines and we'll say that, 
you know, you're doing this within a listening laboratory. Like you truly are in a laboratory. Like yeah. all the other variable, a lot of variables have been stripped away. Mm-hmm. And then you get this like totally front row seat. Yeah. Well, and then you you figure out that you haven't been a very good listener in other parts of your life. And also it kind of sensitizes you to the fact that um, you haven't been listened to very well by other people. No. Either. Yes. No. And so there, there's this interesting rub <laughs> that happens once yeah. you've experienced it. And I'm it. just, and the more you talk, Linda, and share even more stories, I'm just, this whole giving and receiving that's happening and the listening, like I'm aware of it, but you're describing it in a deeper way than I think, you know, sometime I've, I've experienced in listening that the going back between the listener and the person sharing, like there's, there's gifts just like constantly going back and mm-hmm. forth and that's the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, how often is it that when we are doing a workshop and we say, just get yourself into groups and we don't try to control it. And we just have this high level of trust in the Holy spirit kind of working that stuff yes. out and how often people get paired together whose stories need to be heard by one another in some kind of seemingly serendipitous, uh, Holy Spirit-led kind of way. Yes. I think you've got another story maybe that you have, that you want to share. Well, just one that builds on that is recently, um, for a number of reasons, two classes got combined partway through the year. And at the end of the class, we we learned that Two women, one from each of the groups that got combined, had a very similar crime that that would be very hard for others to understand. Mm. And how they came together and bonded when they learned about each other's story is like, I think they will be lifetime friends mm. just because, you know, they know more. They understand to a depth that others don't. So that was that was a huge gift there. Um, I'm just looking here at uh, at the end of the class. So we asked them, you know, would you recommend others to go through this? I mean, if they're if they're in the Prison Fellowship Academy program, they take maps. It's it's not an optional thing, but we asked it this way anyway to get their feedback. Um, so a few answers. Yes, I would recommend the MAPS class because there was a long time I thought God was not present in my life. And now I see he was. MAPS gave me the tools to see where and how he was there and why. Another says, yes, because it builds trust between classmates, helps open up conversation, helps us learn about each other and talk with classmates I might not normally talk to. Yes, these maps are such an amazing tool for growth and healing. They might be uncomfortable at times, but so worth the effort put forth to grow spiritually and heal from past wounds. Yeah, do those people have to be in prison to have that? No, 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 not at all. And yet, to hear them and knowing how hard it is to get started, you know, it's just, it's hard. This is all experiential learning. This is not reading a book and answering questions. And, um, and the ability to stay in your head about it is kind of taken away. You know, it's like yeah. heady knowledge 
is, yeah. it, this is courageous it is. mining of your own story. It is. I think I hear those comments you just read, though, and then so in my head, like, I'm playing the movie forward for them, right? And I'm thinking about, well, let's say they are in prison for a while, like, how is this going to change the way that you described way that they're going to be there and then thinking about even further beyond that if I play the movie out and how are they going to be different moms or wives or workers or you know that's just fun to think about right how these changes impact many more than we'll never know but yeah when when I was visiting I I loved one of the women saying I really want to do this with other people when I get out of prison and 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 can I do that I'm like you call me, <laughs> you track me down, you might, you know, on the box here, get on the website, there's a contact form there, you can get a hold of me, because yeah. I'm thinking to myself, okay, lady, you've got a story, yeah. and there's a redemption story that can bring hope to other people, you know, yeah. there's this, uh, I thought, oh, it, it just, what, what a beautiful pay it forward that would yeah. be for someone like her and what a what kind of of positive vision she has for her future if that's a piece of it mm-hmm. as well but mm-hmm. oh this is good and you know we know that when you're when you're sharing stories and listening like this it it changes your relationship it's just a deeper deeper bond and so what the women are finding through the maps class experience is that they are forming friendships like they've never had before in their lives. They'll sometimes say, these, these are the best friends I've ever had, or these are the only friends I've ever had in my life. And you think to, to start with this kind of foundation of a relationship is such a gift to them, and then they do carry it on even in the prison. Because... From, from what we know of, of a good portion, at least, of these women's stories is that they were not handed necessarily a legacy of trusting relationships. No. This is not true of so many of their stories that, that, that somehow they end up in prison to be able to, to be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, the, it's the, ironic. I mean, but, but, but I mean, there, there's, there's nothing like God being able to, 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 to go anywhere, be everywhere and, and do this kind of work. You know, I want to mention, I want to back up a little bit. Prison Fellowship Academy at Shakopee is, is a legacy program, they call it within, within Prison Fellowship. And, um, it's, it's been long established and Prison Fellowship, it's expanding, um, quite a bit um, to do Prison Fellowship Academy in many other places. Um, they want an academy program, in every state by 2026. Isn't it for one for men and one for women? I believe well? so. So there would be 100 new programs. So, um, you know, there's lots of places around the country that are going to be looking for people that would do this kind of work. Maybe not specifically listen to my life, but Prison Fellowship Academy at Shakopee has um, has five different pieces of curriculum that are pretty core um, to what they do, maybe more. But at the time I was there, Listen to My Life was one of five, and the others were um, community Bible study and then a combination of Alpha with, um, with Navigators, which gives a good Bible basis, um, Celebrate Recovery, and Boundaries. 
And so listen to my life in, in the midst of those particular, I mean, not only is it in really good company, when you think about the power of, of the combination of those particular yeah. things coming together, but tell me a little bit about, um, about when they added that listen to my life piece. I know that, that, that the director of the prison fellowship program, um, at Shakopee is, is a fan of doing, uh, listen to my life. Well, because they see the, the impact it has on the women. I mean, it, it changes how they view themselves. It changes how they view God. It changes how they view their story, their past, their future. It just, it does, it pulls all the things together and it's, it's a heart class. It's, it's an integrative piece yeah, in combination. It pulls with it all things. together. And I also so appreciate that, like the community Bible study piece, they can, the, the, these, these women can walk into to many churches and find community Bible study. And they can walk in and just get into the flow of it just like anybody else could walk in and mm-hmm. become in the flow of it. You know, that, these, that, that, that there's some, um, some transition to mm-hmm. to back outside of prison that will be eased because of the selections that they've made about what they do and celebrate mm-hmm. recovery groups. Well, and I think even just transitions out of of how they interview, you know, how they're, they're going to present because of the things they believe about themselves because they now know Christ is within them. Right. Um, just simple things like that that can make a huge difference. Yeah, so the first half of our nine months really is emphasizing our identity in Christ, who we are as God's daughters, and we just go slow and slow and repeat and share the different aspects of what it means to have God as our Father and that He's a good Father. Um, and again, those those stories of Jesus and women are so transformative because they're showing what God is like, or the story of the lost sheep um, and the shepherd that goes after the sheep. Um, so those kinds of stories are important. And then the second half is more of, okay, so I, I am a daughter of the king. God is my father. How do I live that out? And then the rest of the maps are kind of in that mode, building on the identity piece. Some of the women are only there for the first half because they have shorter sentences. And I, I used to feel badly, like, you know, like if you can't do it all, c- come on, just, you know, not like just stay longer, but <laughs> but um, but now it's kind of like whatever length of time they're there, mm-hmm. God can do his work. Yeah. The spirit is is working hard and even even in some of the things where we're being very invitational all the time. And even if uh, you know a woman feels like, well, I I'm just going to watch this. I'm not so sure about this praying or any of this. Well, we know God is still doing their work, his work. Mm-hmm. And it's like you've just tilled a little bit of the soil yeah. and maybe another woman you got to plant some seeds and yeah. you know, and that's enough. And and also that we're always um, like welcoming wherever they are, mm-hmm. and you know someone says, "Well, that was really impossible to do," and someone else says, "Oh, that one was easy for me," and then like, "Huh, what do you notice here? It's hard for some, easy for another, and wherever we are, 
God welcomes us in, and we welcome you in wherever you are. No prerequisites. So I I want to push pause on this conversation because I want to do a second podcast episode that specifically gets into um, some of the spiritual practices that you Mm. introduce along with the Listen to My Life materials that are so incredibly life-giving and um, that incorporate some of these Bible stories and ways of helping people to recognize and respond to God in my story. So once again, this has been Linda Hainer with us today, and she is the director of Abiding Hope Ministries. So where can people get in touch with you? Because you're, you're, um, you work off of support, right? Yes. So yes. how can people choose to support you? Um, well, I'm getting a new website and they can find me there. Okay, great. And what's the URL for that? Abidinghope.com. There you go. Go to abidinghope.com and uh, see about what Linda Hainer is up to because there's more to the ministry than, uh, than just this particular piece of it that is about prison ministry as well. And I would be glad to talk to anybody about prison ministry. Absolutely. I'm so grateful. And Linda has meticulously developed beautiful curriculum around Listen to My Life that um, includes these stories and these practices and, and all along the way. So, Linda, thank you so much for uh, joining Joan and I today. Glad to be here. Oh, my goodness. What a blessing. It is, it's just so encouraging to sit with you and go, okay, God God is on the move. And as far as the curriculum, let me say, I think you have developed, you have the most developed curriculum around <laughs> the maps that I've ever seen, to be right. honest. Because people modify um, how they do, the, use the maps in different mm-hmm. settings. And I've never seen anyone do such an extensive, thorough, careful, yeah. thorough job. Intentional. Yes, yeah, so intentional. And, and the way you have equipped the people that work with you as well. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to, um, to say a few things. Uh, for all of you that are listening in September 5th, I'm sorry, September 10th, 2019, we will be starting another virtual Listen to My Life group. So you don't have to have a facilitator near you um, to do that. You can do it virtually with us. Um, and that's a great way to, to start. If you're thinking that you might want to facilitate it with others, experience it yourself. So you can do it in one of our virtual groups. You can pick a few spiritual friends and, and pick it up and do it as well. Um, lots of ways to get started. Please go to the website, um, onelifemaps.com to find out more about that. And we're also going to be doing another facilitator certification um, workshop in uh, November of 2019. There'll be information up on the website about that real soon too. So thank you all for listening and joining us and watch for another episode um, probably in a few more weeks uh, after this one uh, that will be with Linda Hainer talking about some of these Bible stories and spiritual practices. So do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Awesome. Thanks. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life 
and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes. If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com.